welcome to the Finjan Show. Thank you so much for joining us today and appreciate your subscriptions and listening and looking forward to hearing from you. Today, we have a guest that's very special, Muhammad Ahmed, and I'm really delighted to have him here today. And we're going to ask him about his journey. So welcome, Ahmed. Welcome, Muhammad. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. So my first question to you, Muhammad, what is it that you do first so people can kind of like know who you are? What do you do? Well, we uh, call Average Muhammad Organization. And what we do is we go against extremist ideology. Uh, our mission values is to promote the value of peace coming from an Islamic perspective because Islam is peace. Uh, the second part is we promote democracy in liberties, rights, and freedoms for all uh, humanity. At the same time, too, we are anti-extremist, be it uh, extremists who are violent, uh, uh, who use violence in the, in, the, in, the, in the means of trying to bring the world order, and anti-hate, whether it's homophobia, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, uh, racism, or anti-Christianity. Very cool. Wow. I mean, <laughs> sounds like you have a big mission to go after. Um, and how did you get here, Muhammad? What got you to be doing what you're doing now? Well, what happened is in back in 2014, um, ISIS came and recruited from my community here in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. In fact, Minnesota produced the most amount of people who joined ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and Al-Shabaab in the entire states of America. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to work. We decided that basically the main component that was recruiting them was the messaging system that ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and Al-Shabaab was using. Because... Uh, Face-to-face -face recruitment is pretty hard here in Minnesota, but social media recruitment is very easy. And they were targeting our communities here in America, specifically here in Minnesota. And they're targeting people all across where there are clusters of Muslims. And um, we decided we're gonna counter that process. So we started Average Muhammad. So basically we average people doing average things. I was a businessman then owning retail stores and, uh, and uh, managing one for a corporation. And, I decided let's do this as an average Muhammad. Wow. So yeah, I was looking through that, Muhammad, and having known you, I don't know, for a couple of years, and I remember seeing you in Washington in the, the big conference. My question to you is like, you know, going from retail stores, which you owned, right, to this service slash mission-driven nonprofit, I'm assuming, organization, what was the shift or what, you know, how did you manage that? You'd be amazed how much corporate culture influences societal interaction. Hmm. We're all familiar with customer service, right? Yeah. Now, customer service is based on the premises that you meet your customer at where they are at and also supersede and exceed the expectations. Yeah. Well, messaging is the same thing, whether you're a nonprofit or a for-profit. And, uh, and uh, we apply those messaging system and concepts of customer service, meaning that our customers are youths and the youths want ideas. And if it's ideas of extremism is pulling them to one end, then ideas of peace of Islam can pull them to another end. That's our objective. Now, how do you go about doing that? Uh, we go about doing that using cartoons or face-to-face -face interactions. So we started creating products, which is one minute long, two minute long, three minute long, sometimes five minute long if the message is more heavy. And, uh, and uh, we go out and we put it on social media. Uh, the last message we made, uh, we targeted five states and you'll love this. Uh, in only five states countering, we reached over a quarter million people on Facebook. And uh, we reached over 75,000 people on Snapchat. 
on just five states in America. If we went global with it and we had the resources, we'd be talking about 10 to 25 million people with that message. That's really powerful. And you're somewhat, you know, really bringing Islam back to its roots, right? Where, you know, where a lot of, you know, billions of people believe it. And you got this small minority of groups that are trying to infringe on the religion, from my perspective, to claim it their own, which they have nothing to do with it. <laughs> so what a powerful tool that you're doing and what a powerful way to do it to, you know, engaging youth in a way that they could understand and they could relate to. Thank you for that, by the way. Appreciate your work. So doing this kind of work, I'm assuming, you know, it has ups and downs just like anything else, any other business, right? So your high is high and your low is low. And sometimes these highs and lows for you starting yet another organization can be the same time. You've been doing this for a while, right? If I remember, this is how- Seven how many, years now. Yeah, so seven years is a long time in the making. What's maybe, like you couldn't possibly go through all of your highs or all of your lows, but maybe one high that you've had throughout your past seven years and one low that you've had throughout your last seven years, just as a perspective. In the last seven years, we've spoken to 50,000 souls face to face, whereby we conversate the way we're talking right now in schools, classrooms, mosques, madrasas, synagogues, churches, civic arenas, libraries, uh, you name it, I've been there. And uh, we walk in and we speak to the kids. And uh, the highs is when the kids come up to me and say, you know, I thought they were cool. I thought ISIS was cool. But after talking to you and listening to you, I know they're not cool. They're against our religion based on what you've taught me today. That basically is powerful. That saves us tons of money down the road. The lows is we can't get resources. Again, we average Muhammad. Trusting people named Muhammad in America is not necessarily up there on, on where we want it to be. And, uh, and, and, and giving us access to resources is not necessarily something they'd like to do, especially if there's no resources available. Our country likes wars, our country likes surveillance, our country likes jailing people, but it doesn't like the idea of spending time talking to people and engaging people and stopping the process. So they don't invest in that process. But uh, we're seeing changes now with the Biden administration. And uh, we're seeing uh, these organizations, national security uh, establishment, coming up with doctorate papers and presentations now saying, we need you. Uh, now, we're, what we're telling them is, show me the money, you know? <laughs> show us the resources. Everything else, they talk about equity and diversity and inclusion and getting communities involved. We're telling them that is all good. We love that talk, but put your mouth where your money is. If you don't put your money where your mouth is, then it's all bullshit, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's great that you're able to do that. And honestly, I always have claimed and said this before, not necessarily that I said it, but I've seen many other much smarter people said one bomb the price of one bomb could probably potentially bring a lot more peace than you could ever do if you had these kinds of conversations or supported you know you know i'm going to call it a handshake or a bow or whatever you want to call it to just have people to people talk public diplomacy and public policy has much more is much more powerful tool than just dropping one missile somewhere. <laughs> the one missile somewhere might solve the problem temporarily, but doesn't put a solution permanently. 
because now you got more people upset versus just, uh, and you might've got one person, but now you give, even to your point, probably Muhammad, I'm assuming this is probably your teaching, you're fueling the whole idea if you just keep dropping bombs, where if you share knowledge and share the truth and share the insights about the information, I feel like a lot of people would be much, we would all be much better place anyway. Thank you for that work. And I hope that you get all the funding that you ever need and beyond. So this continues on all the time. This is great. Uh, my, if you don't mind, we're going to just take a short break and we'll be right back. Mohammed, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we're talking here to Mohammed Ahmed, uh, founder of Average Mohammed. Thank you. We'll be right back. <laughs> So welcome back, Mohammed. Um, let's continue this conversation. So you're telling me your highest is when you get someone to say that. What what do you think through your seven years journey? Maybe one point of a low where you felt like, okay, the world is ending or it's just not working. Would you mind sharing one of those insights with us? I met a kid who was determined, who believed and bought into the whole ISIS and Al-Qaeda propaganda. And this kid was influencing other kids. And uh, the teachers in the school politely told me, go talk to that kid. Because this kid was very vocal in the classroom, talking about these issues. And they said, Those, that kid and his friend specifically spent time with them. Now, I spent days, if not weeks, with them. And uh, those kids now are my friends. They're actually they, they're in the University of Minnesota. They're students now. And uh, what happened is, I spent time with them and I went through specifically, systematically, what choices in life they're making. And this is about choices in life. You see, here in America, we may not be perfect, but we have access to a lot. Freedom, liberties, rights, opportunity, healthcare, access to education, access to jobs. Now, believe me, these kids, they were worried about Islamophobia and they were worried about racism because what they kept on telling me is, Look, uh, the police think we are criminals because we are black and, uh, and the federal government thinks we are terrorists because we are Muslims. <laughs> we lose both ends. So what can we do? I told him the same thing I tell everyone. Look, uh, let them think what they want to think. But if you are good and do good and if you're not a criminal and if you're not a terrorist, what do you have to worry about? Be good, do good. And then... Uh, if they come after you, trust me, your constitution will protect you. We live in America. You know, so, I mean, these are messages that we need to send to our kids because what happens is they're trying to figure out their identity. Are they American? Are they accepted? Is a Palestinian kid accepted in America? Because for him, he goes, he looks at his people and no homeland and he says, I'm never, I, I am rootless, you know? And uh, I'm here in America, but I'm still ruthless. My people are suffering. How do you get them to say, look, let's use peaceful means. Let's, let's go ahead and validate you. Let's say you're a Muslim. Let's say you're not a terrorist. Let's say you're not a criminal. And let's go from there. Same thing with the Jewish kid who's, who, who's facing anti-Semitism or the black kid who's facing racism or the Asian kid who's facing hate or uh, Christian kids who are facing anti-Christianity now. Same thing. We need to say, look, we are proud of you for who you are. We love who you are. Don't change who you are. Just don't go with the extremists. And we'll tell you why you should not go with the extremists. That's fabulous. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, when 
we also people when you pick on one person, you pick on every person, <laughs> and that's what usually happens. So it's uh, I'm glad to hear that you're really you know focusing on all the different aspects that some of the people might have felt differentiated and not being part of the community because the truth is to your point, Muhammad, that we're all part of this community. We're all at the end of the day human, and we just need to you know we don't have to all agree on one thing or another, but we don't have to kill each other because we disagree. So that's fabulous. Thank you so much for all your work. I wish you the very best with everything that you're doing. And of course, you know, we're always happy to support such uh, awesome causes. You know, thinking back at your journey seven years and before your retail stores, you know, you've been, you know, you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. If you were to be starting today, what would be one thing that you would tell yourself that you wish you knew today? And I acknowledge that you might have never, even if you knew it back then, you would not have not done anything about it but that you wish that you knew today, now that you could have known back then, what would that be? If you're gonna start a nonprofit, have a five-year plan, I would recommend that. And then more importantly, secure your funding sources. Uh, don't do it the way I did, which means I paid for everything myself everything until now i'm still paying for everything the last cartoon that we we made we reached half a million people with i paid for that so i mean uh, have a five-year plan don't burden your family and and your networks too much because that's exactly what i've done you know uh open up uh have a five-year plan talk to a professional i mean seek out a professional this is not something that you can do on your own i understood corporate i understand profit and loss but understanding nonprofit has been very difficult for me. It's completely yeah. different dynamics. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting you say that because you're absolutely correct. Where you know one of the things I usually say, and I serve in a lot of boards, as you know, is in the in the for-profit world. If you say you spend, you know, twenty percent, thirty percent management, you know, uh, sorry, if you spend twenty, thirty percent in your cost of goods sold, you're like really winning. In the nonprofit, if you're not spending 80 or 90% of your cost of goods sold, you're like really losing. So, so it's the opposite of, of what, what uh, how you are trained and to do and how to look at things. So I'm glad. Thank you so much for advising that for other people. And then the last thing I'm going to say before we uh, end today is if there's anything else you would like to say or tell, please feel free to do so, Mohammed. I would say keep this in mind. In our democracies and our republic, Diversity is our strength. We all belong. We all belong. The moment you teach someone they don't belong, guess what? There's an extremist willing to recruit them. So be nice, be gentle, be kind, love one another. Thank you so much, Hamad. We appreciate you making the time. And it was really an honor for me to have you here again. Thanks a million.